Hello, welcome back to the Book of Jude, Episode 3. We're continuing Season 2 in our marriage series. Is with me, as always, during this marriage series is my wife, Kyra. Kyra, how are we doing this week? Doing great. We are doing great. It's a good week. <laughs> it's a good it's week. cooled down a little bit here in Texas. It's We still have our hot days, but it's, it's a little cool, and it's very nice to walk out to. We're going to continue our series um, about marriage. Last week... If you haven't already, go to the first episode. We shared a little bit about our marriage and our life. The second episode was focused on singleness, pre-marriage. And now we're going to be talking about being married and in the midst of it. And one thing that we want to talk about is the honeymoon period, uh, communication, uh, making cre being creative when it comes to date nights, spending time with your spouse, resolving conflict, so right off the bat, marriage is about giving. Marriage should be your top priority. Now, what do you? When I say that, Kyra, what do you? What are you thinking about? What What have we done to make our marriage, or what have I done, or what have you done to make our marriage top priority, and and about giving? When we go into marriage, I think sometimes we have a misconception about what the other person is going to give or bring to the table and we don't realize that first we need to think about what we are going to be giving to the other person we have to focus about that more in my opinion yeah because when we when we get married you're thinking first of all when you fall in love with somebody that that person is making you feel some kind of way so wow and then you get married and you're like man this person you think about what they can do for you, give to you, mm -hmm. and it's sometimes get lost. You know, what are you going to do for that person? So you definitely cannot be selfish in a marriage. If that begins, it's going to build and build and be turn into conflict. So let's say, for instance, I feel maybe we haven't connected on an emotional level in a few days. I think sometimes we wait. So we have noticed this and then we'll wait for our spouse to do something mm. and we're watching them and what, you know, right. So we start looking into all these little things and what I've learned over time is that's, that's unfair to expect Tim to do something romantic or to do something as if I have no role to play. Sometimes when we notice that, that's your cue that you should be the one to be giving. So in other words, that can mean a lot of things. Um, just m doing something that you know will make your spouse feel special, loved, that you're thinking of them. It doesn't have to be extravagant. It can be minor things, leaving them a note, you know, sending them um, a text at work, uh, it, it could be it could be a lot of things, but we shouldn't sit and wait for our spouse to do something um, as if we have no role to play. We're just supposed to be the one that just receives everything. And um, I, what I have found is if I think of Tim first, I do something for Tim that could be, like I said, anything I just mentioned. He's always going to he has always reciprocated back, you know, and I think we need to realize we have a role to play, not just as the receiver end. And the same goes for Tim. You know, if it's been a while and we haven't done anything to connect on an emotional level, you know, because things, we'll get into that in a later episode, but you know, as you, as the longer you're married, there's more and more things that start jumping into your day, you know, your jobs, your children, just all the things. Fighting for that top priority, <clears throat> taking right. your time. So if, so in the same, in the same turn, if Tim does something that makes me go, oh, you know what? It has been a long time since we've done something alone or, you know, just had a talk, just sat and talked together. And, and so don't be afraid to be the first one to do something. I think that if you notice it, then you should definitely make it a priority. And so that's what we've always tried to do. It's not been more one person more than the other. 
I think we've done a good balance of both of us taking charge in that area and making one another a top priority. We went through a time where we were in the military, we had young children, we didn't know people to babysit our children. We didn't know anyone. Um, you know, eventually we might have, you know, met a few people along the way, but we're talking like, you know, most duty stations, it takes a long time to find someone you know well enough that you're going to leave your children with, you know, at least for us anyway. <laughs> and uh, I was and, saying times that by 10 with us. Right. right. So <laughs> for us, I mean, you're talking the whole first year, year and a half, you know, um, we may not know anyone well enough that we would just leave our kids with them. And so, um, you know, or there were other times where it was money. You know, we were tied on money. Well, we couldn't afford a $100 date night, you know. And so some different things that we have done is making sure, especially when our kids were younger, you know, I had very early mornings. Tim had early mornings. He had to get up and go to PT and he had to go to work. And so he was usually up before everybody. And then I was up sometimes earlier or the same time, you know, because I we just had young children that like to get up with the sun. That's just what they did. Yeah. So there were a lot of times where our alone time was we had a strict bedtime routine and our kids went to bed early. It was non-negotiable and that was our time. Yeah. So we would, we, we did a lot of things. We've ordered food in. I've made, I just made a late dinner for us and we fed the kids earlier. Um, Watched a movie. We rented a movie, right? We're just connecting physically, just the two of us and having alone time to just talk. We've been in other seasons where our kids are staying up later now. They're older, you know, and so we've we've made time in the mornings to sit and talk with coffee or just be with one another. And we tried to make that a time of not business, not did you pay this bill oh, this is what we need to do today. I mean, because there's a time for that. But to be intentional about a time that's just for us to either physically be together as husband and wife or just to talk about us, you know, or how he is feeling as a person, not about the bills, not about the business part, you know, um, just about him or and just about me listening to one another you get creative on date nights or mornings and look for unique opportunities to spend time as kyra said husband and wife spend that time building one another up and reconnecting mm -hmm. and just you know i think we need to do a better job as a people especially right now with everything going on but especially in our marriage it's just listening not yeah. talking so much you know tim has taught me a lot about that i'm a talker and so he's really taught me a lot about being a good listener and listening well and not just you know daydreaming while someone's talking and not paying attention which i'm terrible at um poor tim i have such a short attention span sometimes so he has to like reel me back in but i've learned how to be better at that over over the years and when, when we say spend time together as husband and wife, that means when you come together, you're not talking about the kids. You're not talking about your day. And, and there's times for that. That's okay. But when you guys are having a date night or a date moment, some type of unique time that you set apart. So speaking of things to do, we, we talked about ordering dinner in and, you know, uh, that doesn't mean that if you have the money or the time to go um, actually to a, you know, mini vacation, you know, a romantic getaway or even one night, you know, something that Tim and I tried to do when family did come in town, because you know, remember we always lived in another state. And so when family did come in town, we would try to take that opportunity always and at least get either in a date night or um, if it was family members that we could leave our kids with overnight, we would try to do an overnight, just a one night overnight getaway. Yeah. Um, you know, do what you can. You know, this is about what you, the time and the money that you have. We just didn't want people to think a date night means you have to go spend 50 to to $100. You know, Tim and I have walked through Target and just looked at stuff and got Starbucks. You know, it doesn't have to be... 
right. you know, going to Maui, which, hey, if you want to go to Maui, go to Maui. I think that's great. Um, you know, but... We were on Oahu and we didn't go to Maui. <laughs> it's true. We lived on Oahu and still didn't get to Maui. But, um, but you know... But we would have dinners where we dressed up. I mean, at our, at, in our home... Yeah, we did. Kids go to bed. Mm-hmm. We dressed up and had like a fancy dinner, candlelight. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that it sounds silly, but it wasn't. We we just made time and we It's not made silly. It special. Yeah, it's not silly if you are making it yeah. uh, important yeah. and um you know, and so we we've done everything and all and and we would adapt with our seasons. Right now, yeah. our kids are older. Guess what? We get to leave the house without kids. It's Praise so great. The Lord. I'm the telling Lord. you, we have entered a whole new phase of life like we can just hey we're gonna we're gonna go grab lunch together and yeah. the and the kids are fine you know they they have a phone they can call us um, you we know can, we can go right now right we but, can end this thing right now and go <laughs> but you don't wanna you don't wanna forget how to have fun with your spouse and right. again that doesn't mean that doesn't always mean money now if you have money to do go do fun things do it go yeah. but you know um, it, money shouldn't be an excuse not to go do fun things. That's what I meant when I said get creative. You can take a walk in the park. You can walk in the mall. You can walk in a department store. If you don't got money, you ain't buying anything. But you're just walking mm-hmm. with your spouse, holding hands, just having time mm-hmm. to talk. And you might need a different environment. Yeah, we can talk in the house or we can go walk around uh, in a garden or a trail or mm-hmm. something, nature trail, and talk there. It's just changing the scenery a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. And, you know, just I, I think something we've always done well is when I say have fun, I just mean laughing like, yeah. you know, yeah, act, fun activities. That That's great. You know, uh, Tim's more outgoing than I am when it comes to things like he's done skydiving. He's uh, scuba diving. He went into the shark cage like a crazy person. <laughs> um, I would never do those things. So, you know, we're different when it comes to those things. Um, but, you know, we still have fun together. So you have to find yeah. things that are fun. And being fun doesn't mean, you know, sometimes I do things. For example, I watched Planet of the Apes with him. And I, was, I still am bitter about it. <laughs> I do not like the whole series. But guess what? I've watched them all because he wanted to watch it. And those were nights where they were our date nights where we were watching a movie together. Um, Not a fan. Bored out of my mind. (laughs) What's something you've done? What's something you've done with me that That I hated that you did not want to do? Yeah. Watch Gone with the Wind. Did I make you watch that? Nope. I haven't seen it. (laughs) You lie. I'm like, I never. He's never watched that. (laughs) Um, I have. I own it. Love it. (laughs) Won't watch it. Won't see it. <laughs> we'll fall asleep. You took me to the theater. Yeah. Is that something you wanted to do? Or... <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah, like I love going to the theater. I love musicals. That's um, the worst. <laughs> yeah. So that's you know. So you're going to. I, but it's good to do that though. It's good to say, yeah, this isn't fun for me, <laughs> but I'm going to you know enjoy this with you because this is something you want to do. But it, you have to do it both ways it it can't just be one person always getting their way and the other person never enjoying themselves it's about uh spending time together and just loving on one another uh no no other intrusions no other things that's going to creep into that set Mm -hmm. specific uh time those moments right and 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 let me speak to the people who have young children for a moment because we're not in that season anymore however you know, we have been in that season. I know that can seem very difficult. That can seem hard. There are times where, you know, obviously when you're nursing, when you have an infant, you know, or you have a child. I mean, we had a son that would never stay asleep. I mean, he got up all through the night for years. And I remember thinking, I'll never sleep again. <laughs> you know, I know it can be difficult. Um, and, and and we're not saying you can even you even do this necessarily every day if you can't because there are seasons that are tougher than others sickness i mean you name it however the point is that your marriage has to be your top priority over your other priorities even as a mother and so i just want to talk to the 
to the parents out there. It can be very difficult in some of those seasons as a parent where you're not sleeping well, you're just consumed with something that's happening with a child, which is even more important to make that time to connect with your spouse because it's so easy to allow those seasons to dictate your day, to dictate your week, your month. And before you know it, it's been weeks, months before since you've just sat and talked with your spouse and had alone time to just be with them, um, talk with them, listen to them, you know, be encouraged by them. So that's why we're saying it has to be prioritized means intentional on purpose I'm going to make this a priority no matter how tired I am you know when Tim was in the military there were many times he would go on trainings and I would know okay Tim's going to be gone for two weeks or you know um, three weeks or whatever whatever it was so no matter how tired I was even having infants and toddlers we still carved out that time before he left because then I would know okay well he's going to be gone for two three weeks I can take naps, I can sleep later, you know, but this is important to have time with just us before he goes. Now, I know that's a little different, you know, because we were military and stuff, but the the concept is still the same. And it seems like everyone wants to get back to the honeymoon period. Everyone misses the honeymoon period where everything is fantastic, right? It's almost like a grace period. So if you you own a, a home or a car or a credit card or something and your your payment is due and you don't make your payment and you call and ask about the grace period well how how long are you are we all good are we on good standing for how long many of us who've been married for a while can look back and say wow we gave each other a lot of grace during that time uh maybe you let some things go that your husband did that maybe uh got you a little bit upset uh, husbands, maybe you have let some things go, and but it was the honeymoon period. So just like the bank giving their customer a grace period, we're still on good standing, but we, we have this period of time. Well, listen, there's a misconception that this honeymoon period uh, goes away. And, and if you look, divorce is most common between the first one to two years and between five and eight. And, and the most common uh, reasons is lack of commitment, adultery, too much conflict. And so they're not resolving conflict. And, and so what's happening? So that the grace that you're giving in the honeymoon period quickly goes away and you start being a real couple with real issues and you're not solving them. What happens is you didn't communicate in the first place during that grace period, during that honeymoon. You are two people coming together, living together uh, after you're married. It, that, it's just it's just natural that you guys are going to rub each other the wrong way. Communicate. Hey, when you did this, it made me feel a certain way. It Talk about that stuff early. So in two years down the road where you say, you have done this every month. You've ticked me off by doing X, Y, Z. And the other person is like, what are you talking about? I didn't know this bothered you. Well, you, because you didn't say anything on day one. And so communication is always, oh, not fighting, not arguing, but uh, great communication. You got to have communication skills. And I, and I would almost guess we're going to have a whole episode on communication. But just for right now, communication is key. Uh, losing that honeymoon period, meaning what? Uh, it, you don't have to lose it. it that's a misconception. That's a you're in the lovey-dovey stage. Everyone, everything's perfect. Now listen, your marriage will change. Your marriage will evolve. But the stage of two people that have fallen in love that never has to go away. That never has to go away. Right, and and so, but this is where making your marriage a priority and being intentional comes into play. We all become complacent with everything in our life, right? We get we get this exciting new thing that we've always wanted, you know, like a, a KitchenAid mixer or, you know. That's what I was going to say. I, yeah, I know you would love a KitchenAid mixer. 
eventually the newness always wears off. But in marriage, it, it doesn't have to be that way. It's easy for us to become complacent with everything in our life. And I think we all can, you know, name anything in our life. It could be your vacation, something you've looked forward to, you know, maybe an expensive gift you've been saving and saving for and you finally got it. A big purchase, a brand new house or right. new car or something. Whatever it is, the newness of that will eventually always wear off. Yeah. And so what happens is, in my opinion, I think that sometimes in marriage we we don't realize the work we still have to do because you're talking about another person we're not talking about a thing right. we're talking about another human that we are now in in a covenant with and so we have to make that other person a priority in our life so even though when they say the honeymoon phase wears off what that to me what that means is okay yeah you don't have the excitement of the wedding the wedding's done right then you have the excitement of maybe the photos or the videos or sharing, yeah. you know, sharing your photos with everyone or, you know, all of that stuff. But eventually the event of the wedding it's dies gone. away, right? The excitement over it, it dies away. And then everyone's looking for that new next high. Of, yeah. Oh, well, what's next? You know, oh, this, oh, we're going to do this big vacation on our, for our one year anniversary or whatever. Yeah. But we're, we're focusing on the feeling of the excitement of those events and we're not putting that feeling towards that person. And so... And, and the everyday with that person. Correct. Because the mundane does not have to be a bad thing. Right. You know, I, I'm one of those people that I love sitting with Tim every morning and having coffee. And so to other people that could feel boring and mundane or, you know, but that's something I look forward to because that's our alone time. That's our time where... We are just talking, um, yeah. just me and him, no distractions about whatever, you know, we actually joked about we should do a podcast about our morning talks because... Yeah, I just, we, sometimes we, I just want to plug the mic up and just <laughs> let it go because we have the most, just morning yeah. convos with us. It's, yeah, <laughs> we hit all kinds of convert, uh, all kinds of topics and uh, it's humorous. I, but think I give credit to the coffee. Yeah, the coffee gives us that little little boost. So the point is, when you're talking about your relationship, when I don't believe that the honeymoon phase dies, as in the romance, as in right. putting him first before all the other things, but that takes intention. And that doesn't mean that we always get it right. That doesn't mean that we don't fail at that. But it means it's an ongoing, constant thought of, what have I done for my spouse lately? What, when is the last time I've sat alone and just talked with them? When is the last time we have been physically together? You know, these are all things that you should be asking yourself because they should be priority and um, they have to be thought of even in the, even in the busyness. I would say even more so because that's when you can easily forget and so people, weeks, months, months go by, and you're thinking, man, how did we get here? How did we get here months later? And I've not had one, like, even, not even a night out. Let's say you've just not even had, you're living in the same house, yet you feel so disconnected. That happens over time, you know? And so you have to be aware of it and catch it before you get down the road months later, and you're going, well, man, we just don't have anything in common anymore, or... Well, you do. The, you guys may have changed. You know, life changes us. But the goal is to always be changing and growing together. Um, and so, which takes intention, which takes work. work. Um, and, and it doesn't mean it's, it doesn't mean that it's, um, I've never felt that it's not work that's been worth it. You know, I mean, and I know everybody's in different situations, but um, to, to make my husband feel loved and to feel that I am always thinking of him, you know, that, that is worth it to me. That does not mean that it's, uh, it, it should, it doesn't have to be hard work all the time, you know, and sometimes it can feel like hard work, um, but it doesn't have to. And sometimes you might be the only person working towards it. And that's when communication comes into play. Mm -hmm. So we have, we're going to share our personal uh, story of a very 
stressful time that required patience. There was concern. And for us, that was uh, my deployment. And we both went through our own situations and we're both going to share. But I also want to, I know that a deployment is not, it is not going to be your story. And so just to give you some other examples, um, some people feel like all I ever do is work. Some of you might be able to relate to that. Uh, some of you might be trying to get over an affair that happened between you and your spouse. Um, some of you may feel that there's no passion, there's no more fun. Uh, after, after you've been through a crisis, uh, you don't feel close to your spouse anymore. They never talk to you. They don't care about your dreams. So they're not on board. They're not supporting you. Uh, a lot of times we hear wives say, I shouldn't have to nag you talking to the husband. Um, people being so distant and irritable all the time. Someone going through their own stress, but it's coming off on the person that they love, coming off on the spouse. Uh, people who have kids, you know, that's one of the big ones. We only have time for the kids now. Um... Some people are not satisfied unless there's some drama. We all know people like that. So some of these might hit home with you, but, but our big event, one of our big events was a deployment. Uh, Kyra and I, uh, we, we were married. We had, a, we had our daughter. We had a, our baby son, our first son. And I got called up to go to Iraq. And so that was a big deal. Um, number one, I've already been to boot camp and AIT. That was huge. Being apart from my family for number one, nine weeks, uh, and then having some type of little break in between and then going away for another, uh, seven weeks, I think it was. That was hard. I remember when, uh, Kyra was actually taking me back to AIT and we were pulling out of the driveway and I saw my little girl at the door waving bye to me that that was hard I look think about that now and I'm I can't believe that I even did that I'm so glad that I did I'm so glad that we joined the military as a family but uh, that was difficult but to as Kyra said we were never around family we were in Fort Lewis Washington no family and then I'm deploying so what does that mean? Kyra is now left alone with the children. I'm going off to a war zone. And so that was difficult. And those of you who might be listening that have that experience, you know exactly what we're talking about. It's not just the soldier going off to uh, fight in a war. It's the, it's the family back home being separated for months and months. And, and not only being separated, but... Uh, that that one spouse is in a war zone and the other is at home with the children. I mean, you, you I'm going to make this light a little bit. We're, we're both bat, having little battles. So either the spouse at the at home with the children or the, the spouse at the war zone. So um, I don't know. Do you want me to go first? Or do you yeah, wanna, you go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. So leaving that night, was, I, and, and I'm not even saying I handled it well, but leaving that night was hard. I when I when I went to any type of training but especially being deployed there's this imaginary switch in my head that I flip when I go so therefore I'm I'm building up a wall and I'm protecting my emotions from you know my family and and my children because if I really let it go I would just be um a ball on the floor crying so so I flipped this switch and I I say goodbye to my family and I, I get into the bus and we go and I'm, I'm being flown across the country and then, um, and then eventually getting to Iraq where nowhere I look is familiar, you know, sand everywhere, um, sand storms and um, uh, the first night I get there, uh, they got bombed and I arrive like at 1 or 2 a.m. and I'm seeing all the damage and and then they say, "Oh, you sleep here." And I'm like, "Okay, I bet I I bet I will." <laughs> that was hard to sleep that night. But you get into a new normal and 
I look forward to um, doing things for my family or talking with my family. So a couple of the things that I was able to do along the way in different airports, actually, they would set up a room for soldiers to go in there, record um, something for their wife and kids or their, their husbands and kids, depending on who's deployed. And um, so what I would do is I would read books to my children and uh, hit record and they would send them to my wife, to my family for free. And so I'm so thankful for those people. But I did that a couple times. I um, I was able to, when, when I was able to call Kyra, I, every, every minute I cherished because hearing each other's voices, um, and, and guess what? When we got on the phone, me in Iraq and her back, back at Fort Lewis with the kids, we really didn't talk about the bad things. I didn't share the bad things. Kyra didn't share. Uh, maybe she had a bad day or something. That moment, that was that unique set apart moment that we had. That was all we had. That was all we had. So we couldn't fill it with the bad things, the negativity or you know, Kyra went through, and she'll tell you, but Kyra went through a lot on her own without me there. And, you know, I was in Iraq, so bad things all around. But we're not, we wasn't going to waste that time. We're not saying that it's, you know, don't share anything bad with your spouse. We're talking about this crisis event, this, this very stressful event in our lives that caused us to uh, rethink everything. And when we did have that set time, we spent time together. It was over the phone. I think there there was a few times where we had we could do a camera thing, but that was, you know, few and far between. But um, those moments kept us close. And then when it was time to come back home, we we were in a great place. I mean, we were. Uh, you know, coming home and seeing my family again and for her to see me and uh, it's just a beautiful thing. But we stayed connected. We we determined that that time, that short amount of time that we had um, was going to be special to us and to my family. So, so it, it's funny because Tim and I are very similar in in the sense that I also feel like I flipped a switch when he left for deployment. So I I flipped the switch into, I can do this. I can do hard things. Um, you know, I it is on me to take care of all these things and I can do this. And I just had to flip that mental switch of toughness. And um, in, in the same sense, watching leaving him that day I mean like I I remember it like it was yesterday I'll never forget that moment um you don't know if that's the last time you're going to see your spouse and but you have to put that away uh because like Tim said otherwise you'll be a ball on the floor because I'm thinking this could be my last moment with him and um so to say that was stressful is an understatement. I mean, there's really no words to describe how you're feeling in that moment um, as the spouse. And um, and just thinking of our, you know, same thing with our kids. Like we had a newborn baby boy and I remember thinking, he, you know, is he going to get to watch his son grow up? You know, is he going to get to know his son? And just all these things. But you, I, I couldn't, stay in that mindset and so it was the same thing it was like when we dropped him off I had my cry and then the switch went on of okay you know this is this is it this is time to take care of business and um it was it was very short after he left when our son started to have different medical issues and I and I mentioned that in another episode and again in hindsight, minor compared to what people we know that have gone through just, you know, um, tragedy and things. But, um, but I remember the first thing was our son's skin just kept, 
I mean, it was seeping. I mean, it almost looked like he had been burned, you know, and we, nobody could figure out what was going on. And so it was specialist appointment after specialist appointment, a lot of wrong before we finally got the right. And so we, you know, we finally got the right specialist and, um, he just, he had, uh, food allergies, which was causing the eczema and skin, uh, different, different things. And anyway, long story short, um, you know, that I, I walked through that alone of, I remember one doctor said, don't bathe him at all, you know, um, do this, this, and this, and it got worse. And then the next doctor was like, oh no, don't do that. You need to soak him in the tub for 30 minutes at a time, like three times a day. And, you know, cause it was just, his skin was just so, uh, so bad. And, uh, and it was just head to toe. And a lot of it was on his face and, um, and it was so hard to not know what's going on with your child. I'm worried for Tim, you know, cause there's a long period of time at first where you don't have communication. If he did get to call, I did not, I purposely, I was intentional to make that time about him and I and letting him hear the kids and talk to the kids, not, hey, listen to all these things that I've been going through because I know he has to stay focused on what he's supposed to be doing. And and again, this is a unique situation. You know, every, not everyone's going to be in the situation, but when your spouse is deployed, there's nothing he can do for me <laughs> when he's across the country and he's in a war zone. And so, um, which was hard because Tim's my best friend and I'm used to sharing all those things with him. You know, if, if it was a normal situation, with him being home, I would have been saying, oh man, you know, this is how I'm feeling about this. And anyway, I didn't get to do that, but it was intentional. And, um, and, you know, and some people would disagree. Some people would say they still shared all those things. I chose not to, and I don't regret that. And, um, because we just made that time that we had together about us and our family, not about all the other stuff. I know he was not in a good situation. I know he was going through a hard time. He knew. I mean, I, I told him the gist of things. You know, I mean, he. it's not like I withheld our son's <laughs> medical information from him. I would tell him, oh, you know, the doctor said he has this and this, but this is all we have to do. It, you know, it's okay. But what I didn't do was, oh, yeah, I stayed up crying all night because I accidentally burned his skin because they gave me the wrong medicine, which happened. It was awful. Um, just, you know, I, I didn't go into those kinds of details in uh, but it was difficult because now I have no one to talk to, right? Because I felt like um, for his safety and for his mental health, no, I'm not going to share those things with him. But that made it harder for me um, because I'm in a place alone where I know nobody. When he came home, we both were able to talk and share about all the, all the different things that we needed to talk and share about. But um, so again, this is a, a unique situation. It's not maybe necessarily something that some of you have been through, but the point is this was this was one of our big stressful events where it could feel, I could feel alone. I would have that feeling of I'm alone, but I know that I'm not alone. I know that my husband wants to be home with me. I knew my husband um, was doing what he had to do but that didn't make my feeling go away. And so I think sometimes we have to put our feelings into perspective because even though I felt this way or felt that way, my reality was a little different than, than how I felt. And so, um, and that doesn't, again, this is our situation. We're not speaking to everybody's unique situation, but the point is sometimes we have to make remember that our feelings are just indicators of you know of something else right they're, they're just warner warning us of whatever is going on and so um if i allowed that feeling to take over and not know i know that my husband loves me i know that he wants to be here i could have easily uh allowed that to drive us farther apart instead of bringing us closer together. And, 
it, and that's what I mean by it's intentional work. I have to be intentional about everything that I do, including my thoughts. And a lot of us have to catch those thoughts and put them into check and not go off of how we're feeling because we all know our feelings get us into trouble and our feelings are not always correct. It's, it's how we're feeling. Um, but it may not, uh, it may not be what actually is going on. You know, um, I might feel angry and then I find out, oh, I'm the one, I'm the reason that I was feeling angry. It wasn't the other person's fault. You know, I mean, you know, we can all, we can think of a million situations there, but. And that's a good segue into the last segment of this episode, conflict resolution. So a lot of people say, don't go to bed angry. Now, if you and your spouse are getting into an argument, and we said this before, again, we're not talking about any sort of abuse. We're just talking about a regular argument, debate, heated discussion, come to Jesus meeting with your spouse. And we say, don't go to bed angry. And I'm pretty sure it's from that verse that says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. However, sometimes it is good to table the conversation and walk away. Some people get so emotional. Like Kyra was just saying, sometimes your emotions take over and that you do not want that to happen. You want to be of sound mind. You want to be able to think clearly. So if you need to walk away, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I would like to say, because um, in our relationship, I'm the feisty one. Um, I think we made that clear already in the other, in the other episodes. So, you know, I will speak to this. I, you know, so I, I agree. When we have had arguments and I'm talking anger, you know, just whatever it was, you know, you hurt my feelings and now I'm mad, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever the, the situation is. I love to toilet it straight up. No, no, we're not talking about minor things. Although, although, you know, there's been times <laughs> where a minor thing turned into a heated debate. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when the, when those times happen, I have learned over time that because, again, Tim always stays calm and quiet and I can get loud and I can be just harsh when I'm angry. So I've had to learn, no, you know what? Sometimes you don't need to hash that fight out in that moment, especially especially when it happens in the evening. If something happens in the evening, you don't have the whole day, right? Yeah. For feisty people like me, you know what I'm talking about. I need time to process what I'm going to say. And so I've learned, you know, no, we know that we're tabling the conversation. In other words, we're not saying go to bed and don't talk about nothing. Right. What I'm saying is I have let it, made it clear to him, I'm too angry to talk to you about this right now. We're right. tabling this. We're going to pick back up on this when I feel I'm ready and when I feel I can be in control. Now, Tim doesn't have that problem, you know, so I'm the one <laughs> that has to know when it's time to talk because Tim can stay calm, you know. I'm the one. Well, but I, I do appreciate the let's go to bed and let's talk about it tomorrow because I need my beauty rest. Oh, yeah, yeah. He does have the most perfect nose, if you guys don't know. <laughs> He's got to make sure it gets lots of rest. Well, here's the thing too. We, I, you know, I was thinking about this. Sometimes on TV, I see like the man sleeps on the couch or something. We, mm -hmm. we've never done that. If we wanted to sleep in the bed, we, you just go to bed. You, we don't. If you're arguing, you don't. Yeah, I might, each. I might steal his covers though, because remember I'm feisty. <laughs> so I might, I might get, I might get in the bed, but I'm gonna steal your covers right. just to. But it's, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun. It to me, it's, it's concerning to see that on the television because. Why does that happen? You know, it's the whole joke is, oh, I'm in the doghouse. I got kicked out to the, the couch. You don't hate each other. You argue. That's a natural thing. You don't mm -hmm. hate each other. You can't sleep in the same bed. So we always, when we say we go to bed, we're not we're not going to bed angry like we're just furious. No, we're saying, okay, we need to table this conversation and we'll pick it back up. But, you know, me or her needs to calm down her and I need to get some sleep before tomorrow and one thing that we have always done and I'm from day one mm -hmm. it seems like from when mm -hmm. we dated 
we always said I love you. Mm-hmm. That's no, true. No matter what. No matter what. And and you know and and here's the thing. Arguments happen. They're going to happen. You're not you know you're not going to get out of that. Um, and again, we're not talking about any type of abuse here we just want to make sure we're we're putting that out there we're just talking about arguments and so um however when we and trust me again being the feisty one you know he would always be the one usually to say i love you even if we were arguing because it wasn't resolved yet and i'd be like i love you you know like (laughs) grit it through my teeth no but but we would because the point is Yes, my love for you has not changed. Right. You're still my husband. We're disagreeing on this right now. We both need to take time apart. Um, as in, we're not going to discuss this right now in time to think and process and pray about yeah. how we need to resolve this. Um, and so, and again, s- some people would say, no, you need to hash it out. Don't go to bed angry. And I just don't think that's safe sometimes because... Some of us are just passionate, you know, if I have any passionate listeners out there that are like me. Thank you. We are passionate about our points and we (laughs) want you to hear every point we have (laughs) and why we have come to this conclusion. Um, No, but seriously, I always want to respect him as a person, you know, I mean, not even just my husband, but just as a person, I always want to show him respect and I would want the same. So if you're not ready to talk and you really need to think things through, and I'm not saying, what I, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying to make your bullet point list of all the things you're going to say, <laughs> as in these are all the things you did wrong and you're going to sit here and listen to all the things you did wrong. Yeah. The point is to come back and, and, and find a, um, a compromise, a compromise or, or a solution. And you know, how many times have you, after you've blown up and walked away, not you, Kyra, but just yeah. any, anybody listening, uh, and you come back and say, okay, well, now that I have time to think about it, I, I guess I was a little, we all have those moments. Mm-hmm. So why not take those moments and say, let's table this and let's come back. And the, uh, I love you thing. I just want to say that that was a, uh, something that Kyra and I have done. I don't even know how or when it started. It did start. When I don't we were know. Dating, though. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know the reason. But it was like we don't want. So even if it was dating, but into our marriage, whatever that's going on right now, whatever we're disagreeing about, our love for each other and our marriage is much bigger. So this thing's going to get squashed, and we're going to figure it out tomorrow or whatever. Mm-hmm. But our love is, that's never going to change. Right. The covenant always remains. And that's what we were talking about in the beginning. The foundation has to be, you know, our promise to one another. And so when we keep that at the forefront focus, it's really going to help you through a lot of the petty fights. And again, not talking, and I'm not even talking about serious situations here. More serious situations may require a counselor and things. We're not... That's not what we're discussing right now in this moment. So, you know, I just want to make that clear too. Um, you know, I know we mentioned abuse, but if you're just having maybe a serious uh, help where you actually need Absolutely. a third person involved to help both of you communicate well. Absolutely. We, you know, we're going to get into that in different episodes. We didn't really bring that up yet. But um, so, you know, but here we're talking about just, you know, the conflicts that are going to come up in marriage, you know. Naturally. Naturally, Natural right? Argument. Just just things that you just completely disagree about. There's a way to communicate. And I, I wanted Tim to talk a, a little bit about this because he went through um, a lot of classes and training being a chaplain about listening and communicating well. And, um, and that's actually helped us a lot in our marriage too because yeah. – he learned stuff and he'd be like, man, I, you know, I, I learned this and I'm like, wow, that's some good stuff. Right. And so we've, we, we've tried to adapt some of the things, but, um, why don't you tell us some of the things you've learned about communicating well or, uh, listening or, you know, I don't know, whatever you want. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. I'm going to kick this guy in the face. guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's it's probably things uh, most people know. It's it's always about um, truly listening, 
uh, hearing. So you could listen to someone, but are you hearing what they're saying? And so a lot of people, um, they're, you know, someone is talking, let's say Kyra is, is speaking her mind and I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next. Well, I'm not listening to her. I'm not hearing what she's saying. And a good exercise is to actually listen and repeat or summarize back to her Honey, this is what I hear you saying. And I know that sounds cheesy. I, I know we've heard that before, but it, it's, it works. Because when I repeat back to her, this is what I hear you saying, and I'm wrong, she can then correct me and say, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this. Oh, okay. And then, and then we're, that's progression. You're moving forward with that. And so... When you're listening to somebody, be ready to summarize what they've said. And we also, all of us know, um, Kyra, when you raised your voice to me, that made me, that made me feel like I was less than, you know, if I say that to her, what did she just, she's going to hear, I just belittled my husband and that's not what I was trying to do. I was just being upset. passionate. I was just being passionate. <laughs> so do you, do you see the difference? And and so if I'm so like uh, I had to learn to apologize. We shared we shared this. So um, I would just think let's just squash it, and I don't need to actually say the words I'm sorry. No, Kyra appreciates someone apologizing. So when I didn't apologize, that made her feel that I wasn't sorry and that I just wanted to get mm -hmm. the argument over Right. Something. It would feel like you were just appeasing me to yeah. just, because, you know, Tim doesn't like conflict. So it would feel like he was just like, okay, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, and that's not what he would say, but that's how it would feel if right. he didn't and actually so sincerely say When she communicated sorry. that to me, okay, I need to let her know that uh, I am sorry. And, and actually apologize. So uh, Kyra is always the one. Uh, if she does something, she will apologize real quick in a hurry. To me, it's something I work on. It's something that's hard for me for whatever reason, but I, I've learned to do it because it's important. But do you get a different Kyra when you apologize? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's if I apologize, mm -hmm. she's a, as quick as she is to apologize, She's quick to forgive mm -hmm. as well. And that's that's something, again, that I've learned uh, from that. So um, it's just, uh, this is your spouse. You know, this is the person you're doing life with. This is the person you made a covenant with before God. And so it takes a lot of work. I ask a lot of people that's been married 48, 50 years, 60 years, What's the secret? They always say hard work. Every time it never fails. So be prepared for the hard work. Hey, listen, our next episode, we're going to answer your questions. We're going to address your concerns. So we have already received um, topics and questions. We're going to address those. But if you want to add more, if you want to message us, comment, at Book of Tim Jude on Facebook and Instagram. So we hope to see your comments there. And until next time, God bless. Hey friends, if you enjoy listening to the Book of Jude podcast, share it with your friends and let them know that they can find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast for the Android, and many other places. 